You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. 36 years since the very first Rugby World Cup final, June 20, 1987, Eden Park in Auckland, the All Blacks up against France. Held up now, they go on the ground, it comes to Kirk going on to Fox, Fox back and field to Jones, eyes the try line, back to Kirk, Kirk can he get there, yes! What a magnificent try by the All Black captain David Kirk. Kirk looks to kick on the short side and then breaks through. Up to the halfway, David Kirk. Who's with him? Nobody yet. Kerwin was looming up. Pierce run. Uh, Alan Witten's there to scoop the ball up. Away to Kerwin. Is this Kerwin's try? Yes! Now, do you've heard some of the great radio rugby commentators this afternoon? John Macbeth there with the call of the 1987 Rugby World Cup final. New Zealand 29, France 9. Grant Fox scored 17 of New Zealand's points that day, four penalties, a conversion and a drop goal, which opened the scoring. He scored 126 points across the entire tournament. That is still, 36 years on, a tournament record, 126 points in a single Rugby World Cup. Grant Fox is with us. Uh, Foxy had swept all before you during that tournament. Were you pretty confident heading into the final against France? Uh, Yes to some degree. Um, we had played well, we deserved to be there um, but up against the old foe France who are very unpredictable as we all know. So, you know, we weren't sure what we were going to get but we were ready to play. Um, you know, team had trained well, um, we were where we wanted to be, there was, you know, a confident nervousness about the group so we had the right edge about us um, but the game didn't go all our way. I mean, we're only up 9-3 at half-time with the Southwester behind our back turning into it. So we had a bit of work to do in the second half to get the job done. So what happened in the first half that didn't allow you to, uh, to you know, I guess get, get further ahead? Just, a, as you say, just a, a very slender lead at the break. Yeah, I don't know. You're asking something that was 30-odd years ago, so <laughs> memory's not that flash about all the detail. But, you know, I think it was a combination of we probably weren't executing quite as well as we would like, perhaps thinking the wind would help us a bit more, and you've still got to remember to play. You can't just say, oh, the wind will help us. We've actually got to make it help us. You know, France being obstinate and, and difficult, as you would expect, um, and um, so we only turned 9-3 up. I mean, I think yeah, you said a drop goal and um, a converted try because there were only four-point tries in those days, mm. uh, which Michael Jones scored. Um, and then, So we had a bit of work to do. But, I mean, there was a few of us from the Auckland side in that group, and we are pretty used to the conditions um, at Eden Park, obviously. So, um, you know, we sort of knew how to play into that Southwester. It wasn't that strong, but it was enough to you know, make you think about we've got to hold the ball a little bit more and, you know, there was a couple of bits of magic inside of um, oh, well, a try that I think uh, Kirky scored and then straight from the kickoff, um, JK scored. So that was sort of, you know, that got the game beyond their reach and we're able to close it out from there. Absolutely. You must have known you'd won it by then. I've got that written down. David Kirk, John Kerwin scored tries, bang, bang. You yep. must then have known, OK, we're going to win this thing. Yeah, we, I think we did, you know. I mean, again, France are unpredictable, you never quite know, but, you know, we had a comfortable lead. Um, you know, we, we thought we did have control of the game. Um, we just had to make sure that, you know, we were still playing at the right end of the field, not giving them, you know, a chance to, you know, get their backs, get back into it, get their backs up. And, you know, as you know, with France, you never quite know what to expect sometimes. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a comfortable margin in the end. 
that French side, you'd played them, I know you didn't play in the test match, but the back end of 1986 at Nantes, a famous test, and yeah. uh, and France had won that day. Were there any scars in that all-black squad from that loss to France the previous November? Uh, from memory, there probably was, to be honest, but it was actually more than that tiny. If you go back to um, the earlier part of 1986, you know, there'd been some disruption. You know, uh, there was a Cavaliers tour, I was part of that. Um, there were some sanctions around that. Um, there was a Baby Blacks group um, that played. Um, you know, um, so adversity we faced a lot of. Um, Australia beat us in a test series, winning the third test at Eden Park. Um, you know, and so there was a blend of some of the more experienced guys and some of those, you know, Baby Blacks infused into the group. You know, add Nonton to that, you know, you sort of had that adversity re- recipe where you learn more from that than you do from success that, you know, I have no doubt played a part in us succeeding in 87. You'd been part of the All Black setup yourself since 84, but at the back end of 86, Frano Botica was the first choice, first five. Yeah. But going into the World Cup, I, look, my memory obviously isn't great either, but I always thought that it was always going to be you in the 10 jersey. What gave you the edge over Frano heading into the World Cup, do you think? Uh, probably goal kicking, I would say. Look, you'd need to ask, you know, I mean, Brian Lahore, who sadly you can't ask now, but Alex Wiley and John Hart were part of that. But, you know, at a guess, and Frano was a gifted rugby player, ball in hand, right? So if you wanted to play that game, and we were good at playing that game, um, you know, Frano was outstanding. Um, but I, you know, I guess a little bit conceitedly, he says I might have been a little bit more of a sharpshooter in those days. Frano obviously became a real sharpshooter when he went to rugby league. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, again, I think likely to be, you know, the reason um, they, they, they picked me. Um, just to, you know, that you've got to accumulate points. You're in tournament, tournament play. Um, and we saw, you know, I mean, that's, so that's basically just you've got to kick your goals. Um, this team gave us plenty of opportunities. We applied a lot of pressure. We, we scored a lot of tries. So, you know, I had the opportunity during that tournament to, to you know, shoot for the posts a lot. What sort of captain was David Kirk at the Rugby World Cup in 87? Uh, a good captain. I mean, I felt very um, sorry for Andy Dalton, you know, who, who pinged a hamstring um, and, you know, as the team basically assembled and Brian Lahore was fogged in and couldn't get up. Um, and so Andy, as captain, took us for a training session to Hato Peta and we were doing these um, uh, Henny Muller type them and exercises and poor old Andy tweaked a hammy and Someone else had to captain the side, and that was Kirky. And you know, based on um, um, you know, obviously performance, because that's ultimately how you're judged, uh, and the quality of uh, of the play we delivered, Kirky did a great job. You know, in Andy's absence, um, and when we got to that point, you know, Fitzy had done, you know, got to the quarters when Andy was available again. Fitzy had done a great, such a great job at Oka. He stayed on, and you know, Andy had to sit on the bench in the days where there were no subs. Fitzy didn't get hurt very often, so Andy had to watch for a position that very being very proud of the group, but I'm sure he would love to have been part of the action. Did you go back to work on the Monday? Were you working yep. at that time? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. So um, if I remember rightly, and again, it goes back a while, but we had uh, an official dinner afterwards. Only the four teams, the third and fourth playoff teams were part of that, and that was what the downtown convention centre, which I think was then called Trillos or something, you know, back to our hotel at the Poinamu, um, you know, celebrated a bit as we did in those days, um, um, you know, with our uh, wives and partners. We had a 
Sunday brunch again, I think, with wives and partners and parents and who was around. And by, by early Sunday afternoon, we all dispersed, you know, went back to our homes or everywhere in the country and back at work on Monday. Did they, you got a medal, though, did you? You got a World Cup winner's medal? Um, again, yes, I we did. Yep. Yes, we did. Yep. So, so where's yes, that? Is yeah. that? That's at your place somewhere? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's at home. I mean, I do have a rugby collection more more stashed and cut and covered. So it is. I know it's there somewhere. I can't tell you exactly where it is, but I still, I do still have it. I know that. Thirty six years, man. It's crazy, isn't it? Three and a half decades plus ago, Foxy, that day, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's and my grey hair tells me it was that long ago too. But um, and you sometimes think where the, where where's the time gone? Um, but you know, we still look back. You know, very proud of what we achieved. But we went into the unknown, Piney. No one knew what a rugby world cup would look like. That was the first one. Um, you know, we know many of the, the unions up north were, were were against it. It was the south who fought hard for it, maybe plus support, maybe with support from one or two of them up there and. So look where it is now. I mean, it's a massive world event. So little did we know, but you know, um, you know, we were a, a group of men who um, banded together, who had a common goal. We were well coached, well selected. You know, had a lot of motivation that came out of the year before. We're in our own backyard, um, so we had a few things working in our favour. And you know, again, we were just we're very proud of the fact that we got the job done. And um, you know, we were the first ones to win and Cup teams won three of them now yeah it was a wonderful ride you took us all on back into May and into June 1987 thanks for uh, wandering down memory lane with us Foxy really appreciate it my pleasure Piney thanks mate that is uh, Grant Fox with his uh, his memories of the 1987 Rugby World Cup final for more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio